Hi, and welcome to The Well Exchange, where we talk about how our spiritual reality impacts our business, our relationships, and more. On today's podcast, we have Dr. Luke Niebergall talking on heart health and wholeness in leadership. For more information or to connect with us, find us at thewellexchange.com or on Instagram at thewellexchange. Well, welcome everyone to the Well Exchange, and we have a special guest on today. We have our friend Dr. Luke Niebergall. Uh, we first got to meet Luke at a conference out in uh, Vancouver Island, and so we connected a little bit out there. We actually lived in Calgary together and did ministry separately. Um, I heard Luke speak a couple times, and I thought this guy's awesome, but we actually we just never crossed paths, and then both moved up to Edmonton. We, I think we followed you shortly after Luke, you moved up a few years ago and we moved up just a year ago. Um, and, uh, have since got to know each other a little bit and I just, I love Luke's heart and we're really excited to have him speaking at our conference as well, coming up here, um, in October. And, uh, so Luke, Luke doesn't just speak, on on the prophetic although he's a prophet to the nations um he he actually really values this journey of the heart and, and coming into wholeness and so we want to hear a little bit more um from luke about his story and just the revelation that god's given him in that area and so welcome luke thanks for coming on yeah it's such an honor to be here i really uh you know, I really love that God is raising people up like yourselves. Like I know you guys have been doing ministry for a long time, but your mandate that God has given you to, you know, communicate heart health and to, you know, set a standard that, you know, moving and gifting is so important, but having a healthy heart to wield the gift is also very important. So I just love seeing that God's raising you guys up to to pioneer this. That's incredible. Thanks so much. Thank Luke. That's awesome. Well, so something I will say. Um, we sat down, so we had, had hardly had a conversation with Luke, and then the Lord gave Luke a, a prophetic word for us. And for me, it was really refreshing because it was as if we'd had, you know, a friendship for the last five to seven years, and he watched us go on our journey. And so, when you know someone has that level of friendship with the Holy Spirit, that their their word of knowledge is that on point, and you know, it was really affirming a lot of the stuff that we heard um, from the Lord in the season that we were in. It was it was just it was really fun. Cause it's like, Oh, there there's, there's already friendship here because there's that unity in the spirit. And so that was, that was super cool for us. Like, we really appreciated that. Anything you want to say? Yeah. Well, let's just jump in if that's okay. Let's do it. Yeah. So when we were at this conference in Nanaimo, we got to hear Luke share, he shared a lot of really awesome things, but what gripped my heart is that Luke is a national prophet. He speaks to, he is one of the only prophets that are in Canada that really carries a mantle of, um, the prophet here and is received as a prophet. And so he got up and shared this word about heart health, which we'll ask him to share in a couple of minutes. But my heart just kind of went to how he's a national leader and he wasn't exempt from the heart process with the Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus. And so I'd love to hear, Luke, what your journey as a national leader what that looked like in your heart wholeness and how you know the Father revealed that and just what you gleaned along the way in that journey of heart wholeness. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, you know, it's so funny when we talk about heart health and you guys would know this better than, better than almost anyone, you know, cause it's, you hear talk, you know, there's been people where I've mentioned like the journey of heart health and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I remember I went through that like five years <laughs> ago, you know, and I went through this weekend of heart health. It was so awesome. I'm glad I went through that weekend, but anyone uh, who deeply knows the Lord, knows that it's an every single day 
process of communing with him. And, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, so many of us, we have both of our eyes focused on mission that we forget to have one eye focused inward on examining our heart constantly. So, you know, anytime I'm, I'm at home conversing with my wife, Sophie, or our son, I'm I'm also looking at my heart. You know, are there things that I can align and, and and adjust? Are there ways that I can act more like Jesus? Anytime I step up on a stage, I'm doing the exact same thing. And it's this constant journey, right? So so I could pick so many areas of my life where it's like, you know, I've 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 gone on this process of healing, you know, but one in particular that comes to mind is I, I won't get into sharing about my upbringing and stuff like that, but I, I did grow up with a very dysfunctional upbringing, experienced a lot of a lot of abuse and stuff like that. So I won't get into all of that, but obviously when you grow up experiencing that, you begin to see the byproduct of that festering in your heart. And I think a lot of us are good at, you know, it's like saying things like, you know, it was really tough, but I'm okay. But you know, when, when bad stuff happens to you constantly, you're, you're most likely not okay. There's, there's most likely some wounds. There's maybe some self-hatred. There's maybe some anxiety and these things are important to address. And in my early twenties, I began experiencing um, a lot of symptoms of chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, it was very, very debilitating for me and, and just being really real and vulnerable. I battled these things while I was a, a leader and while I was traveling and while I was speaking. So you can imagine being someone who speaks from, speaks from stages and travels and speaks, but behind the scenes, I'm, I'm battling the aftermath of, of an entire childhood of abuse at the hands of stepfathers. Wow. You know, so it's only a matter of time where it's like this stuff comes up to the forefront for us and it's like we have to deal with it. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, trying to hold a, a water balloon under or a balloon underwater. It's like you can keep trying to push it down, but it'll keep coming up to the front. And then eventually you just got to pop that balloon. You got to pop that trauma and let the Lord deal with it. So I remember uh, me and Sophie chatting about this and, you know, uh, it was about when I was Oh, I don't remember how old I was, but I, I wrestled with this for several years of just battling post uh, chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was sitting downstairs in my basement and uh, Sophie was visiting her sister and I was playing my guitar, just spending some time with the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, my goodness is going to pass before you today. And I, I said to the Lord, I was like, I don't know what that means. I know that's in scripture, but you know, I, I want it. I want what you're saying. And I looked over to the right of me because I saw something in my peripheral vision and I saw Jesus sitting next to me. And uh, I saw this with my natural eyes, just as clearly as I can see you guys. And I'm looking at him and he wasn't glowing like the King of Kings. He came like the friend of friends. You know, he came, he came almost like a shepherd to me in that moment. And he reached into my heart and he began to touch areas of my heart that were, that were bleeding and in pain and broken and shattered and, and, he just touched these areas and I began to just weep and sob for about two and a half hours. And the powerful thing is that he wept harder than I did. Wow. And it was in that moment when he actually healed me from chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's a, you know, this was kind of a, a peak moment of my inner healing journey. But like I said, you know, it's a, it's a constant thing where it's like, I don't just want to know Jesus, my shepherd in specific moments. I want to walk with him day by day. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I want him to be ministering to my heart and, keeping me in alignment and keeping me in check because I'm, you know, I'm a leader, but I'm flawed. Mm -hmm. I'm a leader, but I'm not perfect. I, I'm, I'm a leader. And I wrestle with things like, like insecurity sometimes or self-hatred sometimes. And I actually need Jesus, my shepherd to walk with me day by day. If I'm going to actually execute the fullness of what God's called me to do. Yeah. That's uh, really well said, Luke. Well, that's an incredible story. So that that's a 
you know, pinnacle moment, like you said. Um, I'm sure most people would love to have Jesus sit down right beside you and reach into their heart. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> but what was the journey that led up to that? Because, you know, there had, to me at least, there probably had to be a journey of vulnerability, maybe walking it out in community to a degree of revealing your heart to other people and helping, you know, having them help you through it. Um, and I'm not sure everyone will have that encounter with the Lord where he he does that. So what was the journey that kind of led to that moment? You know, there's, when you look in the Old Testament, there's something really interesting that they used to do uh, culturally. When they were in a place of agonizing pain in turmoil, if they were in a state of mourning, what they would do is they would rip their clothes, which is really fascinating, you know, and we don't do that now, obviously, like, we don't tear our clothes, if we go through something tough, like you're feeling anxiously, you rip your shirt off, like we don't do that stuff now. But it, it was, it was an outward manifestation of what was happening inwardly inside of people's hearts. And in today's culture, we have a tendency of doing the exact opposite, instead of actually sharing with safe people and sharing with the safest person, which is the father, we have a tendency of trying to wear masks. Yeah. Like the more in pain we are, the more we try to cover ourselves up. And in, in Israel culture, they did the exact opposite. So for me, um, in my in my heart healing journey, I had to go through this process of learning that it's actually very safe to be vulnerable. And as leaders, I think we deal with this probably more than most people where there's just unrealistic expectations that are placed upon leaders that you need to be perfect and act perfect. But we need to actually be willing to actually lay down our masks to actually show when we're not okay. And I'm not saying wear your heart on your sleeve and show everyone, but we need to learn to, to show safe people. So for me, in my journey of healing leading up to this point, I really needed to learn that the father was a safe place Mm -hmm. and that he wasn't expecting me to come prim and polished. He was actually expecting me to come just as I am. And if I'm broken, he wants me to come broken and I don't need to present to him what I think he wants to see, Mm -hmm. you know? So I had to go on this journey of learning to trust the father where if he saw me at my worst, he wouldn't turn me away. He'd actually embrace me in a hug. Yeah. You know, so learning to embrace him and learning to trust safe people. And, you know, thankfully, the Lord has given me uh, an astounding wife, Sophie, you know, and she's, uh, you know, when I'm out speaking to to crowds, I get to come home and my and then uh, my wife helps me process things, you know, and she's been a, such a safe person and safe anchor in my life where I've gotten to process things. And, you know, I in my inner healing journey, I've gotten to learn to, to do that as well, that uh, there are safe people that we can open up to and God wants us to utilize them. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Gosh, well, Sophie is amazing. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) She's just, she is a safe place. And I, I love that God, when we start getting vulnerable with him and we choose to take the mask off and we share, you know, this is where I'm actually at. I have found personally that that's the time he starts bringing those safe people. So in the past for me, I know I struggled with just sharing because I knew I wasn't okay. Um, and a lot of them weren't safe. And so I'm curious how in your journey, Luke, you started to discern the difference between, okay, this is a safe person to share with. And like, maybe this person isn't the person that I'm meant to be sharing with. Cause I know that that's a big hurdle for people as they start into their heart healing journey. Yeah. Great question. Yeah, that is a great question for me. I've, uh, I began looking, uh, when I'm looking for safe people, I look for the fruits of the spirit. You know, Jesus, Jesus spoke on the, the Sermon of the Mount, you know, his famous sermon from Matthew's chapter, Matthew chapter five to seven in chapter seven, Jesus talks about how 
we could discern a false prophet based on on their fruit, you know. So that's a about false prophets, but it's about people in general. You know, we can discern people based on their fruit. And what type of fruit are we looking for? Where I believe we're looking at Galatians chapter five, verses twenty-two and twenty-three, which talks about the nine fruits of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. And for me, if I'm looking for someone that I want to invite into these tender areas of my heart. I'm going to be looking for things like the fruit of gentleness because you can only get that from one place, you know, and I, I often teach this, the gifts of the spirit can be activated in a split moment, but the fruits of the spirit take time to slowly grow inside of our heart. And as we spend time with the Lord, we begin to take on his likeness and we begin to look like him. So, you know, the fruit of gentleness, it can only take shape when we spend time with the gentle father, yeah. you know, so I'm looking for these fruits, you know, if I'm looking for someone to help me journey through this stuff, do I see the fruit of gentleness? Do I see the fruit of, of kindness? Because if I'm talking about my process and traumas that I've worked through, I, I want someone who's going to be kind with my heart. I'm looking for the fruit of faithfulness. You know, is it is this someone who's actually going to be able to help me for the long run instead of just commit to me and then and then ghost me? You know, it's like I'm looking for these fruits um, if I'm looking for people to entrust my heart with. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well said, really good metrics. Cause I think people, we ethereally talk about, you know, the fruits of the spirit, but to see them in action is a whole other, whole other realm of understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, just to, just before you ask another question, just to add on to that as well, like, you know, I think it's, I think it's very important that we learn to discern people's strengths as well, because, you know, when we're looking to actually receive from leaders, you know, what I just described, walking people through issues of the heart, heart issues, that's a very relational thing. Second of all, it's a very pastoral thing. Mm-hmm. So for myself, like I've had many people after I speak at a conference come up to me and be like, Luke, this is my trauma. This is my story. Can you help me? Can you journey with me? And I'm like, my heart bleeds for you, but I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. Yeah, I'm a prophetic voice. Like, so it's important when we're specifically wanting to pull on leaders to help us journey it's like we need to actually discern their strengths and pull on their strengths their strengths properly you know because say an apostle might have the fruits of the spirit in their lives but their gift set and function is is to help you build for your destiny not necessarily to actually bring you know walk you through through the journey of your heart Yeah. yeah that's that's really well said um i know when we were in nanaimo we shared on heart health and Greg and I shared on offense, judgment, and heart forgiveness, and we had similar things come up. Everyone coming up and sharing their areas of unforgiveness and judgment. And um, I, what I would love to hear is as a national leader, like someone who's called to really help serve the body, the arms, the feet, the head, you serve a lot of different areas in your network. How would you encourage people? Cause you're an itinerant minister and you have the anointing and people see it and they're like, come pastor me, come share your issues. How would you encourage people to lean into the locals, the local people that are on them that aren't the name, the face, the the person on stage, but how to discern who those people are around you that might be there that aren't, you know, the forefront minister, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, and something that's been burning in my heart recently in, in recently, I'd say the last five years or so is the concept of having spiritual fathers and mothers in our lives. And you guys, you guys have walked this out really well. I know you invest into people. I know you've postured your postured yourselves to receive your mothers who have gone before you. So this concept of spiritual fathers and mothers has been 
revolutionary for me and my wife recently. We have uh, several people who we personally walk with and we coach them and, you know, we walk them through their heart stuff. And it's funny, I say I'm not pastoral, um, but I can be pastoral with them because the Lord's called me to walk with them. Because yes. I think there is something different between, say, a pastoral mantle compared to a fathering mantle. Right. Yes. Now, something that I will say with this is I think that as people, we have a tendency where it's like, if I'm going to have a spiritual father or mother, I want the person who is standing on the stage. Yes. When realistically, I think some of the best spiritual fathers and mothers are the ones who are sitting in the pews. Yeah. Yep. And I think that there are so many people, I think there are a lot of fathers and mothers actually hidden within churches, but a lot of sons and daughters are looking for the ones on the stage and they're like, I want them to father me. I want them to mother me. I want them to walk, walk me through my stuff. And it's like, instead of looking forwards, look side to side, because there might actually be some people around you who have some very significant keys for your life. And for myself, um, you know, I have spiritual fathers and mothers around me now, but when I first got saved and met the Lord, I knew I had a calling over my life. However, I didn't have access to the people who were on the stage. So what the Lord did was he gave me a spiritual mother and her name is Colette. And she is a wonderful woman. She's walked with me ever since I first got saved at the age of 16 years old. And she's just an amazing woman of God. And, you know, she's not a, she's not a world speaker. She's not an author. She doesn't stand on a stage, but you know what she has? She has a mother's heart. Yeah. And she, she's a safe place for people. And she got to actually walk with me and journey with me. So, you know, the person who actually God really used to bring freedom to my heart, she didn't stand on a stage, but she opened her home. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. So good. Oh, we know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We, we experienced that for sure. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've, I've noticed is, the, the question that we often ask our, our clients to ask or our friends is what is God doing and how do I participate with that? So if we have that local celebrity Christian stardom thing of like, oh, the person on the stage, um, that's a, that's an anointed moment and that's an anointed person. But are they anointed to speak into your life on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Um, and really just, just stopping and asking Jesus, like, the question first off before what are you doing and how do I participate is always who mm-hmm. so it's who is God who am I in God and then who is he put around me in relationship and I've seen it before where God just highlights someone in the room maybe you don't know the person and you just go up and, and ask and just start a conversation mm-hmm. uh, but with with spiritual parenting I've seen it done two I would say two ways there's lots of ways but um really healthily and really unhealthily. We'll just do the two <laughs> that got me, right? So the 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 really unhealthily is, you know, I'm your spiritual parent, therefore I you must obey me. Right. Yeah. And um that's that's pretty unhealthy to me at least, where you know there's there's not that give and take in relationship because really ultimately God has not just called us to be spiritual fathers and mothers, but also friends and also a spouse like if i was like to angela like i'm your spiritual father that it would be weird because she's my wife um so really part of what i've kind of understand as well is is that aspect of participation because i have actually fathered men and women older than me because i just step into the father and participate with what the father is doing in that moment and so it's now i don't need to father you or sorry i don't need to be your father to father because I'm in the father. Yeah. I don't need to be your husband to, you know, reflect the, the bridegroom's heart. 
yeah. because I'm, I'm in Jesus and I, I don't need to be your best friend to reflect the friendship that the Holy Spirit has with you. Cause some, I'm, this probably happens with you too, where you, you do exactly what you did with us. You share a prophetic word and it's like, Oh, Luke knew everything that had gone into my heart. You don't even remember the prophetic word. Probably <laughs> I sent it to, I sent it to the people that we walk with at a heart level. And they're like, my, my brother, uh, who I know you're connecting with now, he's, uh, uh, he was like, oh, has anyone ever told Luke that he's a prophet? Because um, it was like so spot on. But it's but that so the people feel really known. And then they try and attach to the person rather than understanding you're just simply participating with the friendship in the Holy Spirit. And then separating that and saying, okay, God, who have you put around me to journey this word out with? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's really that gets in, into once you have a healthy heart understanding, you're not attaching yourself to a person. Um, but you're attaching yourself to what God is doing in, in God himself, in people. So well said. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I just got excited. Uh, so what <laughs> I else have you a question. Ask? No, so Luke, you mentioned when you were sharing your story, you know, these things started bubbling up like a balloon. You know, they come up. And, yeah, it's good. And so I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure, I'm sure you have in your journey with people. But as we've journeyed with people, a lot of the time, their first response is, this is demonic. And they make it external to them. I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, so they make it, you know, external to them. And I have found in the heart journey personally, and I'd love for you to speak into this is that a lot of the times we miss God going after heart healing because we make it external and we actually give the enemy a lot more credit. And, and it's like, it's for how I have seen it, the way that people kind of shield their heart from what God is actually doing in that season. And then they go around the mountain again, and we love them as they go around the mountain again. But I'm curious how you discern or what wisdom you could give on how do you discern, is this a demonic assignment that's external happening to me? Or is this an internal heart thing that God is really trying to start revealing and and pursuing heart healing in? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think good follow-up questions that, that can kind of answer that a bit is, uh, in those moments, I think we should ask ourselves, like, how do we view God in those moments? And how do we view ourselves in those moments? And I'm actually uh, just in the next few months here releasing a new book called Warrior that's on healthy spiritual warfare um, from the perspective of sonship and daughtership. And I actually talk about the difference between external spiritual warfare and internal spiritual warfare. And external spiritual warfare is very much like the enemy does not have an access to my heart in this area. And he's trying to use my mind as a battlefield to convince me that I'm an orphan. Mm-hmm. And if he convince me in an, that I'm an orphan, then I'll actually pull those mindsets into my heart and I'll live like an orphan. That's external warfare because he doesn't have a place in my heart. Now, internal warfare is different. Whereas external warfare is the enemy's trying to convince me that I'm an orphan. Internal warfare is I already believe I'm an orphan. Yeah, well said. You know, so for myself, say to use myself as an example with the story of being healed from chronic post-traumatic stress disorder, anytime I had an anxiety attack in that moment, that wasn't external warfare of the enemy trying to wound me. I was already wounded and the enemy was trying to use my wounded soul as a playground to torment me, you know, and that's a very different place to live in. So for some of these people where it's like, clearly heart wounds are manifesting, but they're like, it's all the enemy doing stuff. This is just warfare. Well, it's good to like, look around and be like, am I uh, any, any new church that I go to? Am, am I experiencing the exact same thing? Any new relationship that I step into? Am I, am I feeling the exact same way? I, is the same insecurity popping up? Are these same anxieties popping up? Because if they are, 
I need to realize that I'm the common denominator. Yeah. And it's probably not an external thing. It's probably an internal thing that's just festering and being poked at every time I step into these new settings. So if I'm the common denominator, it's probably something in my heart that needs to get healed up. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Love that. Just mic drop and the podcast right there. <laughs> By the no, I, I could, uh, I could go on awesome. a whole tangent on like warfare in sonship versus warfare from an orphan mindset and we could have a whole another podcast about that. Um, but I, you mentioned, you know, external, internal warfare and all that. So I'm curious, have you seen people who have strived for healing? Like the, the I don't want to call them inner healing addicts, but like the people who, who almost make it too much about inner healing and yet they walk away and don't have the fruit of, of a heart posture change. And so how would you discern the difference between resting in the Lord and allowing him to do the work? Cause it is the Holy spirit that does the work, deep work in our hearts. We can't actually do anything a deep work in our own heart. Um, it's him and everything he's given. So how do you discern the difference between the performance and the striving of a heart health? Like, Oh, I've done the courses. I've done the the inner healing sessions and all that and the actual fruit of a healed heart done by the work of the Holy spirit. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, earlier I, I gave the example where it's like, you know, we have two eyes, one should be focused outwards. One should be on the mission. One should be focused inwards on our heart to examine our heart. And in inner healing circles, we often talk about, it's like, you know, when we have both our eyes outwards, just focused on mission, this can be a mess, but what happens when you turn both eyes inwards? You start seeing problems that aren't there. Yeah. The small, small issues start becoming exaggerated in our minds. And I've seen people kind of go on this, in this endless loop of like, I'm just chasing inner healing because I'm so broken. I'll never be good enough to be used by God. And it's like, we need to learn to shift an eye outwards a little bit to see that all of this healing is actually for something. Yeah. It's for something. Every single one of us, we have a calling and destiny that's written over our lives and our inner healing journey actually empowers us to live this out. But if we're just stuck in this place of this rut of just brokenness, we might not be able to get on our feet enough to be able to actually stand up and do what God has actually called us to do. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. So, you know, like for myself, for example, you know, I've had very pivotal moments of inner healing. I, like I said, I'm, we live in a lifestyle of inner healing, but I've had distinct seasons where it's very focused. Now that said, as much inner healing as I've gone through, I'm still not perfect. And in my imperfection of trying to look more like Jesus, trying to be more healed and more whole, I'm still pursuing what God has called me to pursue. And I'm not camping out in the fact that like, I'm still wrestling with this mindset of say, seeing myself as a son still, you know, I'm, I'm still moving forward in what God has asked me to do. So I'm not going to camp out in this constant loop. I'm going to keep moving forwards. And as I move forwards, the Lord will keep healing me as I, as I keep an eye inwards and one outwards on the mission. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Very well said. So with um with something like that, have you found and I know you talked about internal and external warfare, all of that, but have you found that there is an like if you had an issue, and I, I can reveal this for me. So there's an issue in my life that has somewhat perpetuated, but it's it's just shifted. It's 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 like what one of the things that um Mark, who we had on the podcast last week, what he calls it is a default setting in our heart where it's like I know that there's a deficit here and I know I need, for me, it's comfort. I need comfort from the Lord. And if I'm not receiving that comfort on a regular basis, 
I don't go to what I used to go to, but there's indicators in my life that, oh, I, I just, I need him to comfort me. So, um, and, and the maturity, the, the suggestion is that maturity in the faith is the amount of time that it takes us between, you know, recognizing that we're at a deficit and need more of him there and coming into, um, you know, into receiving back from the Lord. I, I, so, I mean, for you and your journey, that, that was for me at least helpful in understanding, you know, it's not you go through this journey of wholeness and it's done. Like we talk about it's a journey with the Lord, but has there been stuff for you where it's like there's progressive revelation and coming into greater levels of maturity in these areas? Like, for example, sonship. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's I think it's all progressive. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's all progressive of just like you know, I'm trying to think of where it is. Genesis chapter 32, you know, it talks about um, Jacob who becomes Israel. You guys would remember the story where he wrestles with God all night long and then he's not giving up. So God touches his hip and then he walks with a limp. And it's really interesting because God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And um, so the Lord literally marked this man for nations. And one of the costs of being marked for, for a nation was learning how to walk properly with a limp. Yeah. And it's like, I believe we're in a time right now where God is actually raising up nation changers. He's raising up modern day Moseses, where the Lord is actually marking us for nations and cities and regions. But a part of that is actually knowing how to walk with the Lord in our humanity. Mm. You know, because it's like when I talk about walking with a limp, I'm not I'm not talking about like walking in your sin and camping out there. I'm talking about like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what degrees I have hanging on my wall. It doesn't matter how many books I've written. At the end of the day, I'm just a broken man who said yes to God. Yeah. And in my weakness, I can actually, in my humanity, I can walk with a limp and lean upon the Lord. And in that posture of humility, it's like, you know, there might be moments of weakness in my heart and I need to respond quickly. There might be moments of anxiety and I need to respond quickly and turn to him and assume that he is the place that I go to instead of trying to lean upon my own strength. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so I think we're in this time right now where the Lord wants to raise up leaders where it's like, we know how to actually walk with a limp. Cause just being real, there's been times where it's like, there's times where I have an inner healing thing or some brokenness and I go to the Lord and right away I'm healed. But then other times the Lord's like, I want to actually slowly walk with you on a journey to heal your heart. And in those moments of him slowly walking with us, how well am I limping? And am I, am I leaning upon him as I'm limping? Yeah. Thankfully by the grace of God, you know, like you said, we learn to turn to him quicker, you know, and lean upon him quicker and find comfort in him quicker. But it's like, yeah, we need to learn to actually walk with a limp properly and lean upon him as we, as we mature into wholeness. That's good. That's well said. And that leads us into, you know, the prophetic word that you released in Nanaimo about how God is raising up heart healthy leaders and not just raising them up. Really, there's starting to be a season of releasing. And so I'd love to just give you this space to share that prophetic word and how that. Well, I think sometimes this gives the prophetic word and doesn't remember it. But so just talking about heart healthy leadership, and that was part of what you mentioned, but also you see that as a really key indicator of the next move of God mm-hmm. of like this, 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 it's not just about the mantle and the anointing, but it's about holiness as well. And it's not about the gifting. It's about, this, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. I think you mentioned right. it. It wasn't about the gifting or the talent. Cause there's a lot of really gifted and talented people and the gifting and talents of the Lord go without repentance, but what's actually being man, not manifested, but what, who the Lord is releasing right now, it carries a different, um, wholeness 
than it carried in previous seasons. And so I'd love if you remember the word to give the word or as we've sparked it just to kind of release how it's almost like, how do you see and who do you see being released in this season? And what is the fruit of that? Because you can't manufacture wholeness, like we've said. So what are some of the key indicators that you notice of people who are ready to be released or in a season or about to be released? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, like Greg said, I don't necessarily remember the word I gave. I give a lot of words, but I, I will speak to it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll use this as an, as an example. Like you guys mentioned at that conference, I, you know, called you guys out, gave you a prophetic word that you said was very accurate. Now, as accurate as that word is, you know, that's me functioning in my gift. Mm-hmm. If I go home that night and I treat Sophie terribly, I do not think that I should have that microphone in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we're living in a time right now where the Lord is actually raising the bar for leaders. And that's where I talked about, you know, I I talked about the difference between like, you know, functioning in sin compared to walking in our humanity. It's fine to walk in humanity and embrace your process as a leader, but we can't, we can't have the gross stuff that's actually going to wound and hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're, we're living in a time right now where God is raising up leaders and he's actually refining hearts, I believe, you know, and we're, we're in this time where, where I believe we're, uh, the Lord's calling us to live out from Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, which talks about uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So if we're actually going to stand as leaders, whether we're builders, whether we're fathers, whether we're mothers, whether we're voices, it's like, we need to make sure that this is kept in check and in order, you know, cause just being really real, I have a lot of, emerging prophetic voices that people introduce to me and they think that I'm waiting to listen to how well they prophesy. I actually don't care how well they prophesy. I really don't because if they're not gifted, it's really easy to teach them how to walk in a prophetic gift. So I'm not interested in how well they can prophesy. I'm interested in how well they speak to their spouse. Yeah. I'm looking at what's in their heart. I'm not looking at the tool, the gift that they can wield. I'm looking at what's in their heart because at the end of the day, that's, what's going to show itself. You know, you look at, uh, actually, you know, I'll, I'll share this story with you guys. I remember several years ago, this was before I was even in ministry. I was just desperately hungry for the Lord. And I was just writing on this the other day, actually for a new book that I'm working on. So it's fresh in my mind, but I got around a specific ministry and on the outside, everything looked great. Everything looked in well and well in order. Uh, but as I got closer to them, I began to see some things with some of the interns and some of the volunteers with the ministry. And there was a ton of competition just ingrained in this ministry to the point where the interns were like, you know, they're, they were competing with one another to see how many speaking engagements they could get and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is just crazy. And I looked upstream in this ministry to the pioneer of this ministry. And I'm not saying names because I don't want to dishonor, but he had the exact same characteristics as all these interns. So thankfully, I had enough wisdom at the time to know that I that, that I didn't want this behavior in my life. So I distanced myself from the ministry and I was like, thank you, God, for what I received, but I don't want this other stuff. A few years later, there was this huge sexual scandal that came out from this minister. Uh, there were a ton of sexual allegations against him and it was just a terrible scenario. But then I began to notice with a lot of these, these interns and volunteers that were with this ministry, a lot of them ended up having sexual affairs um, against their spouses and there were divorces and it was this big widespread thing but it was the first time where I was able to see that what the leader of this ministry walked in was actually duplicated in the people who followed the ministry and served the ministry and I came to, into this revelation 
of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where it talks about how God spoke and said, he said, let us make man in our image, like God creates in, in, in his image. And the truth is that as leaders, we create in our image as well. Mm, yeah. So as a leader, whatever is in my heart will be duplicated in what I build. And it doesn't matter if I'm a ministry leader. It doesn't matter if I'm a business leader. It doesn't matter if I'm a mother or a father. If I have dysfunction in my heart, it will be duplicated in whatever I build. So as leaders, we carry a radical responsibility to keep this healthy because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart, the hands build. Yeah, yeah that's a good word. So what would you say in a situation where someone is not just the sole leader, but there's like a partnership or something and, you know, yeah just like so i don't know like an organization a business and ministry does doesn't really matter we know that we're called to lead those things um, as teams and so if there's stuff going on like how would how would you navigate that or even how have you navigate helped people navigate that uh, i'll i'll say this and things are quite situational and, and rarely black and white i've found of course yeah. so I, I think a good kind of staple answer with that to, to lead into it is the first thing we're always going for is a revelation. I want a revelation of what God is saying. What is he doing in this situation? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I partner? Do I not? Like I'm looking for a revelation from the word of the Lord. If I don't have a revelation, then what I lean back into is the wisdom that God has shaped inside of me. Mm. So as far as the wisdom of what God has shaped inside of me, if I'm in a situation like this, um, concerning people I'm called to run with, build with, do relationship with, have in my inner circle. Um, it's one thing to have a difference of opinion with people. I have a lot of friends where we differ on opinions, but I personally wouldn't walk in incredibly close relationship with someone if our core values are very different. Mm-hmm. So I think in the church, we need to learn to distinguish between the two, between opinions and core values. Um Yeah. So I I think that's a good staple question for me. It's like, if I'm going to build with someone, I don't care if we disagree on secondary and tertiary uh, opinions. It doesn't matter to me that much, but our core values, I I want them to match. And if our core values don't match, unless God has told me to stay, then I'm probably going to be taking a step back. Wow. Uh, That's that's great wisdom. I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, um, When you said like opinions can change, right? Yep. One of our, one of our favorite sayings is you can change your mind, but you can't change your heart. And so the, the heart is where those core values are shaped and formed by the Lord. So I know I love that. That was well said. Thank you. Luke. Do you have any questions? I always have questions. Well, ask another one. Man. Angela, <laughs> Angela's always thinking of questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I feel like it just sparks these like, you know, when people share a sentence and then you're like, there's a whole revelation behind that that we could unpack in the one sentence that they they just shared. So I feel that way talking to Luke is like every sentence was like, huh, I wonder what this means or that means. Um, but I want to I want to go back because he Luke mentioned a couple a couple moments ago. Um, you know, there was there's a difference between pastoring and fathering. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would love for you to share, you know, how do you gauge the difference? Because some people are great fathers and they're called to pastor and some people are called to father, but not to pastor. And then we also have this, you know, culture in the church right now where we give people the title of pastor, but there's no pastoral anointing at all. So how do you, how would you encourage, especially younger believers 
because they kind of get trapped in this like, well, they're called pastors, so they must have that anointing. You know, someone has given them that title um, and the title is more of an administrative function than a spiritual one. So how do you navigate those conversations with the people that you're mothering and fathering and just young people in general as they navigate through? Because we are in a different a different season and time of the Lord where mothering and fathering is actually coming more to the forefront than than the fivefold they're they're in tandem and they're both happening in healthy ways but there is a unique anointing to mother and father and so how do you how would you discern the difference yeah well again i can only kind of point to either what i see in the bible or what i've seen in my own experience in my life so in my own experience in my life uh like me and sophie we have a lot of young people who we walk with and journey with and it's it's interesting seeing how this kind of works for me because with these young people we walk with, you know, we journey with them, say through, you know, issues of the heart, working through traumas, working through childhood stuff, training and equipping them to walk out their destiny. I function as a prophetic voice in their life. They uh, receive from our ministry, but they also receive around our table in our home, you know, so it's very uh, all encompassing for us when we walk with people. So if you were to ask some of our spiritual kids, they'd probably be like, Luke is tremendously pastoral. <laughs> because that's their, that's their experience. I am, yeah. they have full access to me. That's just kind of how it works and, and how we walk with people um, in this degree. So they think I'm probably very pastoral. Now, if someone just walks up to me and is like, say at a conference and they're like, this is what I'm going through. Can you walk me through this in my gift set? I don't, I don't know how to do that. It's not even that I don't want to. And it's like, I have a, my heart breaks for people. I actually have a tenacious love for I, I I feel for people very very deeply but in my gift set I'm not equipped to do that because it's the wrong setting for me yeah so for me it's like I and the Lord told me before I was like why am I so pastoral with these people we walk with but with like no one else and he was like he was like yeah you're walking in a fathering mantle and not a pastoral mantle yeah now I know some like I have a really good friend of mine who is uh, not only does he have the title of a pastor at his church, but he's an actual fivefold pastor. I know that he is, and he can walk with anyone from any, any, hmm. any place of life. He can walk with them so well and journey with them. And I admire his gift so much how he can just like, he can just put down what he's doing in ministry and just do life alongside of people and walk with them into a place of health. And he's, he's a true pastor in the body of Christ. Now I don't carry that gift. Yeah. You know, and, you know, cause I've, uh, you know, I've even tried doing things like you guys have would have, will have heard of Sozo from Bethel, yeah. which is a great ministry. You know, I tried to get trained in Sozo to do Sozos on people. I'm, I'm the worst Sozo facilitator you will ever have. I'm just not, I'm just not wired that way. I'm, I'm, I function as a prophetic voice. So I'll sit down with people and my view of counseling people is I'll sit down with them and the Lord will show me what their problem is, what they need to fix. And if they fix it, they'll improve. Um, that's kind of how I function, but it's, it's a little bit different when I father, you know? So like I said, we just need to know how to pull on people in their strengths and stuff like that. Yeah. Luke's like a spiritual surgeon head going with the scalpel and, and <laughs> cut him open, cut it out and say, someone's touching my mom. I'm, I'm out of here. I love that. That's good. Well, um, we're going to wrap up the call here, but Luke, how do we, how do we get in touch with you? Yeah, there's a few different ways. Uh, I do have a website, um, drlukenebergall.com. You can check that out. We have an online ministry school there. My books are there. I'm also pretty active on Facebook and on Instagram. So people can check me out on there and follow my, my posts. I usually, I post every few days or so. So yeah. 
Awesome. Well, we're going to have all those links um, in the description. And uh, so we want to really encourage you guys to get connected with Dr. Luke Niebergall. He's, he's amazing. has amazing revelation. He's just a, honestly a very, very solid man of character. So thank you so much for being on here. And uh, again, we're going to have him at the conference. He's going to be speaking main session and I hope some breakouts as well. We're just getting that sorted. But uh, yeah, Luke, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. You guys are awesome. And yeah, thank you for everything that you do for for the church and for the body of Christ. It's such an honor to to know you both and to get to, yeah, get to build with you. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'd love to hear from you. So please find us at The Well Exchange on Instagram and send us a message.